Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the 19th of December, or this is Christmas. I think this would be considered Christmas week. Oh, or the week before sure. Christmas. Of course. Of course. And you did something Hanukkah's special. Hanukkah's over, I, I believe, isn't you did, I think You did something very special for Christmas. What might that be? Uh, something to do with a computer and uh, a shiny round object. A Chinese round object a and a computer. A shiny round. We just talked about this 30 seconds oh. ago. A shine, a shine. I can't remember what that might be. Did you not tell me thirty seconds ago that you 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 just did your first DVD in years? Oh, a shine. Oh, a, you mean a disc? <laughs> yes, I did. I thought you said Chinese round object and no, it completely put not me Chinese, Chinese round. <laughs> a Chinese round object. Am I thinking? What is he talking about? Benoit balls? I have no oh, idea. Oh, going there, are we? So, uh, yes, I burned a disc the first time for five five years. I believe at least five years I've burned a disc. Uh, somebody wanted this disc burned. And I luckily I have a plug-in, USB plug-in uh, blue disc read writers. Uh, HP had sold one with one of, or they had one with one of their old computers, and I've always kept it around because I needed it. It's a, you know, a little, just plugs into your product that doesn't have any discs on it at all anymore, and uh, and it's all done by Microsoft. You don't even need to have the software. You used to have software, and you have to go through a rigmarole now. Just slide it over, boom, it's burning. Done. You're done. Done. Huh. Very nice. Well, listen, let me just say, let me be the, maybe not the first, but one of the, the uh, all the people that would say uh, a very happy and a merry Christmas and a holiday to you and your family, sir. Well, same to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, let's talk about all the things that are going on. It's live. We talked about this before. We mentioned it last week. It's very important to know the CTP, the Close to the Pin Cup for 2024, is available. We'll mention at the end of the show those people that are involved, there's five or six people involved. And if you're on that, you get to uh, enter your name. I sent out two separate emails. I'm not reminding you again. If you hear your name and you want to participate, that's great. You should be listening to the show. Of course. Of course. And we have more layoffs that we uh, have seen again that are coming up. And uh, once again, the markets are rewarding companies with a very nice stock price on the announcement that they're going to be laying off 10, 15, 20% of their staff. Yeah. Which I guess is a recognition that we really are bloated in terms of what we have. Now, I'm sure there's some subtext. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's the rationale. Yeah, we're bloated. This is going to be good for us. Companies can make more money. You know, not that, oh my gosh, they're laying it off because they really have a terrible outlook. Yeah, or, or that is one, and the other one is, these guys are so incompetent. Why do they hire all these people? Uh, there's none, none of the bad stuff is, is it all coming to the top here. It's all, That's all suppressed. Everything is all about the the wonderful silver, silver lining on any particular story at all. Even some of the Fed speakers came out and, like, and, and people that were in industry that usually are relatively, I would say, Fed-friendly Fed said, I don't understand what everybody got so jacked up about with what the Fed said last week. <laughs> so, something. Yeah. Uh, let's see. End of year, bullish sentiment and candy cane dreams are all the rage right now. We have deflation is starting to bubble up is the new thing. So all of a sudden, we had inflation, then we had disinflation, and now we have deflation. And deflation is something the Fed really, really hates. Nobody wants deflation. Nobody wants deflation. Nobody, not just the Fed. They don't like it. They 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 have more of a of a, a distaste for deflation than they do for rampant inflation. Oh yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. It doesn't That's make sense. You can't you can't balance. It screws up the bookkeeping. Right. It, it's it, people you, delay their purchases. They're like, hey, it's going to get cheaper next month. How great is that? Yeah, it'll stop the economy dead. Yeah. 
So uh, that's pretty much uh, what's going on there. And then we have uh, earnings coming out coming out this evening from FedEx, which uh, eh, I guess I can kindly say their outlook was less than attractive. And it definitely hurt the stock pretty significantly. Uh, the, the data matters when it comes to the markets right now, but only uh, on the bull case, like we mentioned. You know, we're seeing that there's there's a tremendous amount of uh, things that are happening. And, for example, we see that there's some things happening in the Middle East. And we see that the, the, the Japanese yen drops down very dramatically upon the first announcement by the Bank of Japan last night. Then ratchet is, ratchet is down dramatically when they say they're not coming off the negative interest rate environment. So that's kind of an interesting thing. But what's happening is that there is this... And we've talked about this before, this confidence, this underlying excitement, the momentum trade that people are looking at. We now are naming things like the Magnificent Eight. We had MAGA, we, you know, a couple of years back. We had, um, you know, uh, uh, what was it with the F? Uh, what, was it? what was the F? I don't know. Netflix, don't fang, fang, Fang. You know, oh, yeah, Fang. I do remember that one. Yeah. Fang, you know, Facebook fang. and that Amazon. That was bad. <laughs> Facebook. I thought MAGA was really bad, too which was Microsoft, Amazon, Google, I think it was Google and Apple. Yeah. And I, th I said, you know, if anybody was thinking straight and they didn't want to have a political side to that, they would have called it gamma. Gamma is actually a, a, an investment term. Well, it can be an investment term. It's a mm. mathematical term, actually. It's also a radiation term. But that's something else. Yields, no, well, I don't know where we're going with the next stop. It's uh, up sub 4% right now on the 10-year. That was a drop from about a little over 5% to 3.9% in about less than a month. A pretty substantial move by anyone's standards in treasuries. Getting more volatility in treasuries than you are in stocks. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very funny. Yep. Adobe M&A stopped. We have a very aggressive, um, we have very aggressive governmental standing on mergers and acquisitions. You know, on antitrust issues. Yeah, that's what they talk a big game, but I'm not seeing evidence. Well, Adobe's done. They, they. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's just one. Of, it's just like if it's a, it's like it's like a warning shot. Seems to me, it seems like just a bluff. From Adobe or from the regulators? From the regulators. But they, they did the same thing with um, Illumina and their spinoff, uh, the, the Illumina spinoff of- uh, uh, Somebody's not uh, coughing up enough money. And, oh, and, there you go. There you go. That's, that's what, what I'm seeing. Yeah. They're trying to twist the arm a little bit more. Break a couple of kneecaps if they have to along the way, just to prove the point, right? You pay up. Shut up you and know, move if on. If they were doing a little more lobbying, uh, judicious lobbying- on their own behalf, they might be better off. Right. This is like the guy, you, you got a you store and, uh, you know, you pay for protection, right? Yeah, it's exactly the same, only the government's now yeah. the, the mob. You're not going to pay for protection? It's not a problem. Nobody's going to hurt you. But then again, nobody's going to enter your store either. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, hacking, we have another hit. Getting kind of ugly out there and uh, questioning whether or not we have a, a supply chain redo where we saw back in the days of COVID, and there was a big concern, right, about supply chain. It was all about the supply chain. You couldn't get stuff out of China. Now things started moving pretty significantly. Everybody's happy about that. It's a good thing. But all of a sudden now we have the Houthi rebels, and you always say you got to say rebels. It's always rebels, right? Not, not just Houthis. It's the rebels. The Houthi rebels. Is it Houthi or Houthi? Hootie. 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 The Hootie Rebels. Hootie. It's like it's it's, it's like fish. It's like their basketball team. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like so they're doing all this. This is the biggest fraud, as far as I'm concerned, that I've seen for a while. So we're just recently announced, I guess we've gone in and started bombing Somalia. What are they, they what have they done wrong just, in Somalia? Nothing. But why don't we bomb the Houthi rebels and these and these missile sites, they know where they are. We've got satellites over the top looking down, know exactly where they're being fired from. And we just sit there and like do nothing. This is makes no sense unless some sort of a some sort of something's something's amiss. 
Well, there's been discussion. The Houthis, Houthis are really fully funded by Iran, sanctioned by Iran. In a, so what? And this is actually an Iran exercise guys in uh, uh, dis- uh, disguised as, as Houthi rebels so that there won't be ramifications on Iran. Yeah, well, so still, so what? Why don't, are, aren't we bombing the Houthi rebels? I, I don't know. Do they have a place? Do they have like... Yeah, their Houthi missiles Rebel- are being launched from certain sites. They know where they are. In Yemen. These aren't missiles being shot out of a sub that's floating around. These are known sites. They know where they are. They got the satellite data. We got intelligence. Blow up the sites. What is it going to take? What, what's what's the problem? And, and I don't want to go too far on this with the whole political angle and all this, but two no, things. No, I don't either. We'll be talking about this on the No Agenda Show. No Agenda Show. Uh, so I'm going to mention Every Thursday. It'll be coming up Thursday and yep. Sunday. Thursday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. I, I do have one question. Uh with regard to this, they, they don't have like an army, an air force, or a navy. These are just like rogue, roving military groups with these missile launching things, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the details. That's All I funny. know is that we know we have set. We know where it's not like it's a mystery. They're hiding. Well, the problem is that now all of a sudden that they've said, this is not the political side, this is now the, the market side that I want to tell you about, but it does funnel into the same discussion, that any any ships, particularly oil ships and energy ships that are going to be going towards Israel will be blocked or blown up or, or, or they will be targeted. And what's interesting about this is pretty much any ship that wants to go through the Suez Canal. Yeah, they got to go around. around Israel. Right? Well, no, if they want to, they don't if they can't go through the Suez Canal, which is near Israel, they have to go all the way around Africa. Cape Horn. It, yes, and it's going it, to which is a rough area. It's harsh on on ships. It's a long way. It's going to take more fuel. It's going to cost more money. It's going to put a crimp in the supply chain. This is going to hurt the economies of everybody involved, especially a country like Egypt that makes some ungodly amount of money. From the Suez Canal Passage. Yeah, that's true. They could take a beating on that. So here we are. Is Are oil prices going to potentially, I mean, they went up from 69 to 71 and a half. It's 7402 right now. Yeah, so, so it went from 69 or 70 right there. So that's a you know, good 5% move on that. But, uh, you know, that's it. Can't even get anything, can't even spike even more substantial with Absolute uh, targeting of of oil carriers, oil oil tankers. Yeah. Well, see, I the thing I well, I'll talk. I'll like I say, I'll, we'll talk about it on the Thursday show because I I'm very suspicious because this does involve oil so much. Yep. All right, the Fed rally. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, getting out of hand to a degree, uh, to a big degree. Just days after the Federal Reserve meeting that penciled in an ample course of interest rate cuts next year, which is, you know. Pretty aggressive what the markets are actually believing now, which unleashed a broad rally in financial markets. Right the day after, uh, one of the uh, policymakers pushed back on the, the the excitement on Friday. Last Friday, says, uh, what aren't we talking about? What, what, what aren't we really talking about um, th- as the, the, Fed, the Fed is not talking about yeah. rate cuts right now, he said. Well, if they're not talking about rate cuts, what the hell were they talking about? This was the New York president, John Williams, sitting in an interview, and he says, we aren't really talking about rate cuts right now. Well, wait a minute. We have, I look today, we're looking at five to six rate cuts in mostly in 2024 and maybe one straggler in 2025 that is expected by markets and priced into the Fed fund futures rates right now. Five cuts. I find that to be. I I I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, he says when it comes to the question of lowering rates, I just think that it's premature to even be thinking about that. As the central bank continues to mull whether monetary policy is the right place to help guide inflation. Now I have a really kind of I think a fascinating table chart that I'm going to share with you in a minute, and it talks about deflation uh, and shows where deflation is around the um, the country right now in terms of each each sector. You know, uh, got got food and energy and all the other sectors in there. So um, let's talk about that because now all of a sudden there's this big push that, you know, we may have some inflation that's going to be kicking up in the goods area, not services, 
but goods area, things that you buy, things that are manufactured, that may have a, a knuckleball thrown at it with this whole supply chain issue of potentially traveling around the Cape Horn, three-week delay, uh, can't get supplies out. But uh, Or the higher cost of those cargo containers because yeah. of the excess fuel and excess time. Now, instead of paying, let's say, $2,000 per container, maybe four. Yeah, it could be. So, um, so for one thing, you know, there's there's some talk about a strong U.S. dollar makes importing goods cheaper. So that's kind of an exciting thing. And that was um, a, an interesting concept, which is talked about by Mark Zandi. But the fact is that the dollar is coming down in value. So I'm not sure he starts there. And, you know, I've never been a big fan of this guy. But uh, he says that also um, a strong dollar is likely to contribute to deflation in, in certain categories like household furniture and appliances. He said also weaker demand may be a factor. Households that spent literally, um, you know, all sorts of money during, you know, the last dime and they kept getting more in on home goods in the early days of COVID are likely no longer to do so. Okay, so these are, these are pretty elementary observations by Mr. Zandi. Again, he's an interesting economist. I've never, I've, I've never been a big fan of his. Um He's just really bullish and 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 just seems to be off the mark all the time. So uh, <laughs> now he's talking about supply chain yeah. concerns and disruptions are largely in the rearview mirror. Again, th- these are things that were like six months ago talking points. And he's still talking about this now. Number one, we have the dollar diving over the last month month or so. Yeah, yeah. We have more supply chain issues that are that are uh, moving up. And then, yes, okay, things like eggs and airline tickets and things like that are definitely, um, you know, kicking back. And, um, you know, we have some issues that are concerning, like, you know, avian flu or bird or, or uh, uh, swine, uh, what is it called? Um, bird flu. Bird flu, yeah. So these things are, but these are the, uh, again, these are elementary and obvious points. But this guy gets paid a lot of money. To to do that, he he probably has a children's book out too, I would think. <laughs> but uh, there's two different tables here, and you can find these over on the show notes for episode number eight. Oh, excuse me, episode six eighty two. The first one that I want you to look at, I'm going to put this into the uh, chat uh, over here somewhere. So they could see it as we're talking about it. And by the way, we are live and we do have a chat going on with a bunch of people in the chat room each Tuesday at 9 p.m. So you can get a, a, a glimpse of that and, and and talk back. So there you go. And this first chart, you see that, the first one? Yes, deflation food slash energy. So look at the food, at, you know, eggs, egg, this year over year, 23% down on eggs and 10% on lettuce and apples are down. Everything is down. Chicken parts are only down 1.3%, ham down 1.4% on a year over year. Now, energy as a total down 5.4%. Fuel oil is down 24%. We could attest to that, right? Gas prices on the pumps are down a bit. Um, utility, gas piped, and propane all down. So that's pretty interesting that we're seeing. These are not just... This is not just disinflation. This is actual deflation. Prices are lower. Trying to get back to some normal pricing. That'd be nice. But look at the next one. There's all items. Now, this one is the all items, less food and energy. So a lot of times you hear, you know, inflation, less food and energy. And we're still seeing a significant yeah. decline in a variety of areas. You know, uh, car and truck rentals and major appliances down 10%. Televisions down 9%. And you're seeing airline fares down Twelve and a half. How do they get some of these numbers? How do they get the number for, for example, down uh, a eight point one percent computer software? They make them up, by the way. They're making numbers up. <laughs> yeah, like what software have you recently seen that there was a price cut on? I've never seen. I've never seen that ever, ever, ever. ever. Unless you know something's they move to a new version and they're. Trying to dump some inventory, but they don't even Those do that anymore. They don't because do that everything's anymore. Virtual. Everything's virtual. Mm. The only one in the United States that is burning DVDs is you. And I just did that one in five years. That's what I'm saying. 
So I don't know where they got these numbers from, but there is this. These numbers look dubious. Th- there is this uh, underlying thought. These are not not seasonally adjusted. Um, so I don't know if that has. And airline fares fluctuate throughout the year. You yep. can very volatile. Take a, a snapshot any time of the year, and you have an up number, down number. If you're trying to prove a point, I, I totally agree. It's the the, the statistics that uh, allows figuring of all sorts of numbers and squishy stuff. But but there is I this. Will say, I, I will say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had. I was at Costco. And they had some, like a 65-inch television there from one of these vendors. It wasn't uh, it wasn't LG or any of the killers, but it was a good one. It was a like nice a set. Sense. It was a high, I think it was a high sense, but it was a good quality high sense. It was like a monstrous screen, like 65 inches, and it was like $400. <laughs> Remember when, like, uh, the 50 inches was like four grand? Well, the original 42-inch... Uh, big. The first big screens are just a little history here. The first big screens were 42 inches and they were plasmas. And when they first came out, they were $10,000. Huh. What and about now? It's 65 inch and that's 42 inches. This is 65 inches for 400 bucks. Yikes. You remember those uh, rear projection ones? The, yeah. They had to turn basically every light off in your house to see it. Yeah, well, you had to do that with a lot of these things, uh, the early ones. Yeah, the rear projection one, yeah, that was uh, – Sony had it, one of the more popular ones of those. Yeah. My uh, my grandparents had had one of those. They also had one of the first – you remember the TVs that used to come in a lovely furniture piece? You'd of course. Have, or, or the stereo, the hi-fi. Remember the hi-fis? Yeah, and it had a, a turntable in there and a little tuner. Mm-hmm. And you put your records on the sides and all that, and they had the speakers and the mesh over the sidelines of the of the cabinetry. It was yeah. all one one con- It was like a giant boombox. Those are now a co- collector's item. I'm sure. My grandparents had one of those. Every once in a while, they come out with the uh, the various records. You know, like they they love they they the Gomer the, the the Gomer pile. What's his name? Uh, his his yeah. Jim Neighbors. Jim Neighbors had us had an album. Oh, God, that was yeah. something. That was something. He's saying like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FedEx earnings. FedEx uh, shares tumbled 8% in the after-hours trading Tuesday after the package delivery giant lowered its revenue forecast as weaker demand hit sales. And the company said it expects single-digit decline in revenues for the fiscal year, which is down from the previous forecast for flat sales over year over year. So in between the quarter, they come out with you know mid-numbers and, uh, expectations, and it was below that. But it's the second consecutive quarter FedEx has lowered its sales outlook. Stock drops 8%. What I find fascinating about that is none of the above for a moment. Because I, I looked at my FedEx bill. I did some accounting today. We kind of reviewed a variety of our expenses just to see what's going on and yeah. comparatively and things like that from you last year. decided that FedEx is too expensive. You want to know what my FedEx bill was this year? To- it must total- have been $10,000. $76. Oh, you don't use FedEx anymore. Nope. <laughs> There's no reason. We got DocuSign, right? We got right. email. DocuSign works very well. And that, I think it's why they had to jack up the prices at FedEx. And and the post office does a fine job of overnight and two-day delivery. I, I would say my, my total postage bill due to all the electronic means that we can transmit, I would say 1000 mm. It's ridiculous. Compared to what it used to be, even as rates have gone up. And it's going to get even less because we have a new client portal we installed starting January 1st that, uh, well, actually, the first one's going to be the second quarter, uh, the first quarter. So that really happens in March. But nonetheless, uh, we're 90% of the paper that we use now is not going to be used. It's all electronically transmitted in PDFs. A lot of stuff is, yeah. Yeah. It's all secure and it's wonderful. Uh, layoffs. Oh no! Oh, this is what I'm gonna say. So we talk about <laughs> we talk about FedEx. It's second consecutive quarter of lowering its sales outlook. That's what we said. We just talked about that, right? right. Meanwhile, Apple has lowered its numbers several quarters in a row, and the stock still rallies to all time highs. That just shows you the power of buybacks. Yeah, the power of buyback. That's the that's only true. reason that I can imagine right now. It's safety 
but that Apple continues and, and its market cap size is the only reason I can imagine it makes no sense in the world after the and and another piece of news that we're going to talk about in a minute about the watch. It makes no sense that it's close to an all-time high. And usually, I agree. That you'll see. That, that stuff usually comes around. Uh, we have more layoffs in automobile industry. We talked about this, that maybe the automobile industry is, is, is getting back at some of the uh, striking union workers that demanded pay increases. And they're doing it through some of this. Now, I think Ford did it. Um, General Motors is going to lay off about 1,300 workers in Michigan starting early next year. Now, this was a this was something they were talking about. So they had this kind of on the uh, on the docket to a degree. 945 workers at the Orion Assembly uh, plant who built the Chevrolet Bolt ending production after this year. That's it. Done. Gone. See ya. Yeah. They did this. They, you know, I had uh, tested or had a Volt, Volt before the Bolt. I thought it was uh, it was obvious to me that car was overbuilt and they were taking a beating on it. I think the bolts probably the same thing. They lose money on these electric cars at, at that level. The the volt was a, is a terrific car, but it wasn't priced right, built right, planned right. Yeah, no, it's I mean, no good. Everything, about, everything it good. about it was wrong, yeah. but it was a, when you drove one around, it was almost like it was very much like a Cadillac in terms of its a fit and finish and everything in between and the, and the technology and that thing is dynamite. It was really small. But wasn't it a small car? The, the Volt was pretty medium sized. The Bolt is small. Yeah. The Bolt's a little dinky car. Mm. Well, they're going to be uh, dropping a bunch of employees and I would suspect that this is going to be a continuation as they, uh, you know, really try to buckle down on expenses. But there's this part of that whole discussion we talked about, about the, you know, you strike, uh, we'll sign a contract, and then let's see what happens. Now, again, this one was a bit planned, and they were shutting down the production of it, but just keep an eye on it. That's all I'm saying. Seems too tidy to me. All this is going on. Over to China. November, uh, since February 2022, um, retail sales have been really just, problem. A patchy recovery, you know, China's industrial output now grew at 6.6% in November, which was good, uh, which is is uh, better than the expectations. Retail sales climbed 10%, way below expectations, 12.5%. i am thinking, uh, just as an idea, China is is usually, it's, they seem to be on a, a different rail, a different timeline. And I, I can tell you several times anecdotally that I've, I've I've recognized and seen that, you know, things are good over here. China slows down. We slow down. We're like, oh, my God, things are terrible. China all of a sudden picks up out of nowhere. And I, I think that maybe we're at a point right now that it may be a good time to start looking back at China again. I think that they're in such disarray there. They have no choice but to try to stimulate the economy and pull it up from its, you know, two or three year malaise. Hmm. And I'll have something on the game for you for that. I know what, to, what do you look at? Well, you can look at uh, stocks from China. You can look at Hong Kong. You can look at uh, index funds that invest in China one way or another. You can, you can get very specific by a Baidu or Tencent, or you can be very um, broad based and buy like an index fund on the Hong Kong Hang Seng index. Mm. That seems like the safest. Yeah, there's choices. You have choices. Definitely have choices. All right, into the nothing matters, end of year buying continuation discussion. We talked about this a minute ago, but uh, I want to tell you some of the things that are going on right now and to explain that it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so probably you would say, well, if it doesn't matter, what's the point of even talking about it? I, th I think it, it bears discussion. A federal court, uh, a jury has decided that Google's Android app store has been protected by anti-competitive barriers that have damaged smartphone consumers and software developers, dealing a major blow to the technology empire. The unanimous, the unanimous 
Verdict reached Monday came just after three hours of deliberation following a four-week trial revolving around a lucrative payment system with Google's Play Store. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, with all this going on, with I think they came out with a $700 million settlement, eh, stock moves higher. Of course. Yeah. Number two, Apple will pause U.S. sales of two of the latest versions of its Apple Watch due to an intellectual property, or IP as we call it in the industry, dispute over the blood oxygen feature. The decision stems from two orders issued by the U.S. International Trade Commission on October 26, which would restrict Apple's ability to sell products that use the blood oxygen feature after an intellectual property disagreement between Apple and Massimo, a medical technology company. So... Online sales of the Apple so Watch. Apple's too cheap to license the, the technology. Well, that's, is that what this, that's well, they could do one of two things here. Three things. One, stop selling the watch. Redo it, retool it, get rid of that blood oxygen feature. Two, they could negotiate and try to uh, legally win this that it doesn't infringe. Or three, just pay up. Yeah, just, just pay give a royalty on every watch. Give him a dollar a watch. Can I ask you something interesting? Oh, I don't know. I'll be determined. Have you ever of heard of blood oxygen before the COVID outbreak? Oh, yeah, oh, 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 OSATs, right? OSATs, is that what it is? I don't know what it is. All I know is that I... Yeah, let's look it up. We're, it we're talking about what we know it is. It was never a thing that I recall, a thing but that when COVID came up, it became a thing because they because I guess COVID caused your blood oxygen to drop to terribly low levels. And they test you for blood oxygen now. They put this thing on your thumb or whatever it is, and they get you. Pulse, your blood a pulse oximeter. Good. Yeah, I never heard of blood oxygen before COVID. I never heard. I don't remember. I do tested re for it. I do remember that they will watch that when you're in a hospital. I do remember that very distinctly. It's always on that monitor, the monitor that's monitoring. Well, I was never in a hospital. Maybe that's the reason. Well, you've never you've never been in a, you've literally never been in a hospital. I've been in a hospital to, to visit people, but I never don't. I look at the thing and say beep 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 thing going up and down, showing their that their heart's working. I, I can't. So. I can't not watch that. I'm just waiting for the moment that it stops. I can't. <laughs> I just can't not watch it. So you watch that thing, but I don't remember seeing anything about oh, yeah. blood yeah. oxygen. Yeah, there's, there's there's your pulse, there's your BP, and there's yeah. blood oxygen level, OSAT, they call it. This is um, a, a blood oxygen level is a normal level of oxygen. It's usually about 95% or higher. Some people with chronic lung disease or, or sleep apnea can have normal levels around 90%. Well, I never heard of this before COVID, and now yeah. they, they put it on a watch. Yeah, well, it's like they, anything. They take it off the watch and sell the watch without that. How many people need to monitor their blood oxygen all day, all night, every day of the week? Look, I, I, I do some sports with some people, and they all have this desire to screenshot their pulse, their, you know, continuing as we as we do stuff. Um, so after we finish our workout or whatever, we get the screenshot of a chart of where their pulse was, their OSAT levels, um, their their blood pressure, you know, not the blood pressure, but some uh, calories burned. I, they got, I'm like, what, 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 why do I care about yours? I don't How care about yours. How is this not a version of hypochondria? It's hypochondria. It's also competitive. Like, I, I, I listen, I, I, I play ball with one of these guys. He's a Yes. Right? Yes. He has a he has a that normalized pulse of like forty two. Yeah. Guy doesn't sweat. He thinks yeah, it's yeah, good. He's a, he's a lizard. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't sweat. He thinks it's great. I'm like, dude, you need to check yourself in somewhere. So, and he has this watch, and he's probably watching his uh, OSATs. So, if the decision stands. The orders will be to bar Apple and its affiliates from importing watches that use the blood oxygen feature, as well as materials used to make the feature. So it's an import issue, which is interesting. I find that interesting. Uh, the other thing that could happen is a full cease and desist. So as you had mentioned, and I agreed with, this is all going to come down to some kind of royalty payment. It's going to be a toll, right? That's what this is. Yeah, pay it. Stock was down 1% on the news. Surprised it went, didn't go up. <laughs> one, 
one of the most lucrative parts of what they sell is possibly going to have a full cease and desist. And if not, they voluntarily pause sales anyway. Could you imagine? Can you imagine if a McDonald's says, you know what, we're going to, we're closing. We're not selling chicken McNuggets for a couple of months. I think people would you know, think the that other was. The thing is, what, I would like to know what the royalty would be. Would it be a dollar a watch? And Apple can't just jack the price up one dollar? I mean, the whole thing, this is, there's something, there's a feud between these two companies of some, for some reason. Well, the big issue is how did, how did, if it is in fact their intellectual property, how did Apple get its hands on it and why did they use it without pro- proper permission? Well, it could have been they got, well, that's a good question why they did why they did it in the first place. But you can get your hands on on patented. You just look at the patent and you can have one of your engineers design the thing. Well, if you did that, then you were obviously not caring that one day that could be found out. That's tons of American companies that ex- what you said, they don't care. Yeah, the way to be, you know, the, the, it's better to be reprimanded than, you know, what's, what's the phrase? Rather to 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 apologize. Yeah. 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 All right. Number three, Intel unveiled new computer chips on last Thursday, including the Gaudi three. I think it's called a Gaudi G A U D I three an artificial intelligence, or as we say in the industry, AI chip for generative AI software. The Gaudi will launch next year and will compete with rival chips from NVIDIA and AMD that power big and powerful power hungry AI models. While the company was light on details, of course. Because there are none. <laughs> of course. We the have same this with thing. AMD, by the way, hasn't got a chip either. They just announced before Intel did. They must have got, I figured they f- oh. heard about Intel coming out with the one, so they just pre-announced. They got nervous. So the company was NVIDIA light on details. It does have a chip. It's yeah. very expensive. Mm-hmm. Everybody's competing with NVIDIA. The NVIDIA H100, the main choice among companies that, Build huge farms of chips to power AI applications and AMD's forthcoming forthcoming MI three hundred keyword. When it starts shipping to customers in two thousand twenty four, guess what? Uh-huh. Intel moved up slightly, and on the competition, AMD and Nvidia moved higher. Yeah, which shows you something is wrong. Nvidia, because in the olden days, as you recall, in the olden days of the stock market. When someone would come into your field of, of play and say, we're going to do this, the, st- the, the stocks would react to it by going down. Correct. Correct. NVIDIA comes out. They have this great chip. They do well. They make all this money. Okay, everything's great. I have no problem with any of that. Then AMD, fast forward many months or whatever, AMD comes out with a competing chip. NVIDIA stock uh, blushes for a moment and then just continues higher. Then Intel comes out with it. And by the way, change your wording. It's not that they didn't come out with a chip. They announced. Announced. Announced the potential for a chip that may or may not become, but they think it will someday, maybe one day in the future. Yeah. Uh, Number four of the list of the data doesn't matter or the information is, uh, you know, who cares? The Israel uh, stock market is right back to where it was before the war began. There you go. And that's that. Nothing's going on. You knew that was going to be the play. How it, t- it took six weeks. Everybody's freaked out. Now they're like, eh, yeah, doesn't bother us. In fact, it's probably good for us. Let's buy stock. It's good for the markets. All right, one for the consumer. The Federal Communication Commission last Wednesday voted to pass a measure banning cable and satellite companies for charging early termination fees. Yeah, I found this to be interesting. The rule will also require service providers to issue a prorated credit or rebate to customers for days remaining in the billing cycle after cancellation. So what they're saying is that wasn't the case. You, you, you have your cable from March 1st, you move out on March 13th and they charge you all the way through April. Is that how that works? You don't get your money back. That's the way it used to work. Wow. Nice. So well, now, they, they, the other thing they address in this uh, particular uh, order is they is the fact that 
some cable companies or or at least affiliates and some cable companies, maybe they do it as a policy. They talk you, they try to talk you out of quitting. Oh, you know, I don't think oh, you should of quit. Of course. Of course. They all took lessons from the Columbia Record Club, from Blockbuster Video, you know, from all these different companies that yeah, well, there's XM, there's Sat- Sat- XM Sirius, Sirius XM. Uh, Bomber. Right? Yeah. This is great. Your good friend, Steve Bomber. You've met him. Steve. You know, he's the sixth wealthiest person in the world. Yeah. Microsoft's on track to pay for yeah, By the way, I, I've always said this about Bomber. He's the only uh, super wealthy individual who wasn't either the guy who created, started up, or or, or or originated the company. He is actually rich as an investor. From he, Microsoft? Yeah. Yeah. He, he came into Microsoft, and yeah, he got some stock options, and, and that was, you know, was substantial, and they would have made him a super billionaire. But he was buying stock all the while. Well, today his stake is worth $128 billion. <laughs> yeah, he's buying. Yeah. If you go see, if you ever see Balmer, I haven't seen him for years, but if you go see him, he's 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 paying for dinner. Don't let him get away with getting out of it. So if he, I see him like doing something on his phone, I could think he's on his Robinhood account buying shares of Microsoft potentially. <laughs> is that what's going on? I have no idea what's going on with him. He's <laughs> pretty much the same guy he's always been. Well, let me tell you how great he, this is, okay? All this stock he has gained $42 billion, by the way, um, this year because it's a big 55% yeah. rally. Well, Microsoft yeah, said he paid too much for his basketball team. He paid $2 billion. Yeah, who cares? Made $42 billion in, in wealth. Microsoft is paying $2.79 in dividends per share in 2023. Now, you, you add that up, you do a little bit of multiplication. And uh, you give uh, Steve Ballmer approximately $930 million. In dividends. In dividends per year. He must have a team of tax accountants at this point. This is unmanageable. He's just getting the dividends. It's not like they're pulling up a truck with dividends. I mean, it's, it's on paper, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well. It's not like you're going to go put them away in the warehouse. It is on paper, but it's not the kind of on paper that goes away with a stock market correction. This dividends stay there. Look, let me tell you something. Let's say he pays 35% tax on this thing, okay? Let's say he pays 50% tax. I don't care, okay? He's still getting $450 million in just dividends a year. Yeah. Just in dividends. That's money. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't think he's part of the uh, give my stuff away campaign, is he? He, he didn't not buy, that I know. Of. Yeah, he didn't buy the whole Bill Gates thing. He's like, "What are you?" No, he knows you, Bill. Are you no, he's kidding not going me for that crap? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Find something else to do with your ideas. <laughs> no, Balmer's a very uh, astute uh, investor. Yep. All right, we have a few more things to go through here. Um, yields, Treasuries, we mentioned sub four percent. Yield curve is looking a bit a bit better since uh, Powell dubbed Kit Christmas. Um, Double Line's CEO Cap uh, CEO Jeff Gunlock said last week that the ten year Treasury will continue to fall to the three percent range next year, following the Fed's forecast. Now remember something: he's a bond guy, so it's always bullish. Let's talk about BlackRock, not to be confused with Blackstone, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, and they want to make sure you don't get confused with that, by the way. BlackRock and State Street are subpoenaed by the U.S. House in an ESG probe. U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee said it subpoenaed BlackRock and State Street for documents and communications related to its probe and whether environmental, social, and governance, as we say in the industry, ESG, efforts violate antitrust laws. The committee wrote to BlackRock and State Street on July 6th requesting documents, but... Response from both the companies on the request have been inadequate, the committee said. So they're trying to get to the bottom on, of this ESG, what everybody loved for years, yeah. and, and, and finally realized it's a bogus bunch of hooey. And how they make so much money and how they— I don't know what this investigation is supposed to accomplish. I think it's going to probably have to do with pension funds, pension plans. And the requirement of oh, it could be some of the companies that are going to be inside of there and how they're graded and or or companies that are getting a poor grade and it could be because of uh, some political. I think it's going to be very political. 
That's the point. Well, it's totally political. Blackstone, the Holiday Era store. Remember that? Yeah. So John sends me over the weekend this video. You want to explain it? Yeah, it's a it's the company video. A lot of companies do these things. They make these private videos and they show them to their employees. And it's a and it's a, it's a, like a little story. It's a play uh, with all the executives and all the other people. They're all taking part in some farce that is embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, as you put on well, here. Well, it doesn't have to be embarrassing. It, it's just, you know, but it's usually like your no, CEO singing ones. a song or something. I've seen good ones. All these companies will do them. I mean, they find some Hollywood guy and then they produce a video and it's like supposed to be, uh, you know, to, to pick up the, you know, everyone is going to be happy. It, it gives the executive, the board and everybody else, it gives them an opportunity to play act a little bit. And it makes supposed to liven the uh, the spirits of the company in a Christmas spirit sort of way. Mm-hmm. But this is just a piece of shit that was just <laughs> uncalled for. This is done by Blackstone. You got to look this up. It's uh, I-, I sent it out to some people that I know in the industry and people that actually work there. the The, the text came back cringeworthy. Yeah, I can see and that. embarrassing. Yeah, it's totally completely embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Adobe, Adobe and Figma, the cloud-based design tool, will terminate their plan. Twenty billion, which I always thought was a lot of money. Yeah, this is ridiculous. By the way, a twenty billion dollar merger. Yeah, I mean this. These numbers are too high. And Figma, what do they do? They have a uh, design tool that is cloud-based, and it's very exciting. That uh, you know that not that, worth twenty billion. I, I thought it was a little bit absurd. The price from what I saw when I when they first announced it. So the two companies said that this to me is a bad sign. Adobe's been making so much money on their subscription idea because they implemented it probably better than any other software company. And now they're full of themselves and the, and they think they're just going to start throwing money away. I've seen this with all these other companies. They do the same thing. They go nuts. What's they start throwing the shareholders money away. Mm-hmm. What's weird about this is everything was fine and dandy in the last earnings call, which by the way was uh, a, 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 a miss by most standards and stock did not do well. But the, the one week later, they, they, they come up with this, that they're not moving forward on this merger, which was odd because last week it was all aboard. Let's go. They didn't know about it last week after all this is coming apart. Yeah. You know? Yes. That seems very sketchy. Yep. We have another hack alert. Uh, remember what happened with Clorox? Well, shares of the North face and vans owner VF Corp, Tumbled Monday after the company reported that a hack has affected its ability to fulfill some orders ahead of the holidays. The company said hackers encrypted some uh, systems that made them and made off of some personal data. And they're they're potentially looking for ransom, but nobody's really telling what's going on. Stock closed down more than 7%. I would venture probably if I know what's going on in this market, it's probably up and it's higher than before the hack was announced. (laughs) Maybe. Uh... We got a little follow-up story, follow-up story to the rolling down the hill story. Yes, this is a good good one. Yeah. So, Trevor Milton, a name from the past, one of the SPAC kings, they came up with uh, this really amazing truck, uh, Nick Nikola. Yeah, kind of a play on Tesla. Yep. Because Nikola is Tesla's first name, the, the person. Mm-hmm. And he he uh, had this truck in a in a what was it called? Uh, 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 a truck review video, a a semi announcement, a look at what's going on behind the yeah, scenes kind of phony baloney demo. And uh, the truck was non operational, even though we said it was, and it was moving, and everybody got very excited. Turns out it was just on a downhill slope. Yeah, they just let it <laughs> coast, and they moved. They tilted the camera so it looked like it was on flat land. Well, like anyway, that number of Ernie Kovacs, if anyone gets that joke. <laughs> well, the the uh, the funny thing is that th- this, well, it hurt a lot of investors because the stock went up through the roof on this. It was so exciting. Well, now this guy's going to be sending, uh, spending, I think it's four years in prison for fraud. Now, I thought well, this- I'm glad somebody, 
Well, this is glad somebody got caught doing. I mean, they did something about somebody like this when they let the, all the bankers go. There's so many others. You got to wonder if this is modern days Martha Stewart. Yeah, you know, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Because it was plenty. Now, what he did is not There's right. Fraud in this in the tech industry and fraud in the electric car and this by the boatloads, and they picked this one guy out of the blue. Yeah, they was they were mad at him for for promising something that he couldn't deliver. I guess I don't know. Well, that's not new. I understand. Yeah, you have plenty of other people that played the market so brilliantly back in the days of COVID that thought they were just you know these these spack pied pipers. Special purpose acquisition companies. Remember those? Everybody yeah. was, you know, use your terminology. Everybody was jacked up. It was, it was. Everybody was jacked up on this stuff, and it turned out to be nothing. You had Chamath Palihapitiya, which probably one of the worst people involved in this whole thing of getting everybody all excited and stuff, and, you know, showing these deals on the back of a napkin, like literally wrote it on the back of a napkin or on the back of a piece of paper he found in a restaurant and then took a, like a picture of it and then put it on Twitter and tried to pawn it off as a great deal. I mean, literally. So, crazy what's going on there. But he's going to be spending four years in prison for Ford, uh, fraud. Um, we have an end of an era. A yeah, saga that went on for a while. We have a company called U.S. Steel. Everybody knows U.S. Steel, right? Everybody knows X. Yeah. Original X. Maybe now X can get that somehow or something. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Maybe they're involved in this. Yeah. that. So, uh, <clears throat> unsolicited. That was, we were talking about the symbol for U.S. Steel was X. Yeah. Um, unsolicited and months ago, a company called Cleveland Cliffs, Cliffs came in and uh, tried to buy U.S. Steel. U.S. Steel, the stock has been, the, the, the value of the company has come down dramatically, diminished, um, Really used to be one of the, I would say, a bellwether, right? Wouldn't we say a bellwether? Definitely. Definitely a bellwether. And it just came down over the years. And it became uh, less meaningful for a lot of different reasons. Uh, maybe the way that our economy works, but also, you know, the company itself. Well, in walks after months of negotiations, and U.S. Steel says, you know what? We don't like the offer from Cleveland Cliffs. The deal's off. Well, all of a sudden, Nippon Steel from Japan comes in and says they're going to be buying at $55 per share, a 142% premium to the day before Cleveland Cliffs unveiled their $35 per share cash and stock bid. Now, if you're the guy that's looking to get the greatest value and bang for your buck, are you going to take a $35 cash and stock deal, which may have regulatory issues because you're both U.S. based and it could be anti-competitive? Or would you take a 55 all cash from an out of the country, which probably won't have as much anti-competitive issues? Gee, I'm, I wonder. Yeah. However, I'm listening to an analysis and there's a union worker or where the head of the union that's on and says, you know what? It's not about how much money we can get for the company. It's all about the worker. I'm thinking, what? I understand it's about the worker, but it's a company that makes money and it's all about the owners of the company, not the workers. How twisted are these unions? <laughs> Maybe they got a piece of the action somehow. I have no idea. Could you imagine if you own a bakery and somebody comes along and says, hey, I want to buy you. And you say yes. And then people are revolting because they're like, you know, it's not about the value of the company, Mr. Owner. You should be more concerned about your employees, not your own life. You shouldn't be concerned about what you get out of this. You should be concerned what we get out of this. I find it troubling at the very least. <laughs> Balls. Yeah, but then again, you hate unions, period. So it's there not you about have it. the union. Forget the union. People got to put what? Why are businesses in, in business? Are the let me ask something? Does somebody go in? Okay, I got a great invention, John. You know what I want to do? I'm going to open a company. I'm not going to forget the invention. I'm going to open a company. You know why I'm going to open a company, John? So I can hire people. 
That's what I want to do. I want to be an employer. I'm going to hire people and figure out how to make some money to get them paid. I don't care if I make money. I'm there just is gonna... probably somebody out there with that attitude. There may be people like that, but that's just not the way you open a company. No, you don't want to hire anybody. <laughs> well, that's that's a different story. But no, Ideally. But, yeah. So crazy. All right, last reminder. We're going to announce the entries for 2023 for the DH Unplugged closest to the pin cup, the most exciting stock market game in the, on the net. Here we go. Here are the people that are eligible and can go over and through this Friday and put in their price guess for the Dow Jones Industrial Average on the close of 2023. is Matthew Phillips, Anson Brady, Taylor Rivera, Jeff Salcedo, Jen Duval, and Mike Kazmierczyk. Look, I got that one. You know, I have a question to ask. Okay. Because Taylor Rivera won twice. Mm-mm. You know what the question is mm-hmm. now. Cannot enter twice. For one basic reason. I do not have the technology to do that. <laughs> Unless he well, you up. could have his just two two different, the same ah. guy, just T. Rivera and Taylor Rivera. You could do that that mm. way. It wouldn't take any technology. It's a workaround. Yeah, but I'm not doing it. Too well, late. Okay, it would have to be pre-announced. But I think next year you should consider it. Okay, I will. Right now, I'm telling you what I'm going to consider. I'm going to consider this. How many game people, that we play, these, it's not a solicit. What's that? Um, before you play that, how many of these people have already come in on board? Who's Who's missing? Um, I can look this up, I think. Let's see here. I just want to chide them for not getting your act together. All right. So let's look at this here. Or they're just going to come in at the last second. That's possible. You can't, you know, we have two people have put their guesses in. We have Jen Duvall and Taylor Rivera. So Matthew, Anson, Jeff, and Mike are no-shows. Correct. Matthew, Anson, Jeff, and Mike. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, they I, may I have another together. email going out, but if they don't do it, it's Last not Last email. This, you, you can't keep warning no, them. They got two emails. They got an initial email. They got two announcements on the show, and they got another email saying, that's it. You're not getting another email. So there you go. Now I'm playing the song. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. I'd like to mention the Imagigril, Magi, Mad, Madri, Madrigal Pharmaceuticals was yeah. booted. You'd be up 22% if it wasn't booted. Well, that's the nature of the game. But the Baker Brothers won, so you feel good about that. The Baker Brothers, yeah, and they're still they're investing more into this company. They just did another buy. Amazing. I think the list looks so, very pretty, by the way. It's almost all green. It's very Christmassy. There's three... Reds out of the which is not many, uh, and one of his old Europe banks, uh, short, uh, real good food company got kicked off finally. It was a, it was a, uh, down, yeah, down, it was no good. Uh, uh Prophase Labs is, uh, is red, it should be going in the other direction. My friendly advice, I don't, I'm not, it's not doing anything. And uh, what do you got this week? Uh, this week, we're going to go China. Go to China. Well, are you going to do the China ETF? Yeah, we're going to do the MSCI China ETF. It's the mainland China uh, big big caps. So we're going to add that. It's kind of uh, it's up 1.2% today. And uh, China, China, China. 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 Yeah. What do you got? I, I've got one I'm going to do. Uh, this is uh, w, uh, WBD. Warner Brothers Discovery. Oh, that's interesting. 
totally insiders. But what's interesting to me is that Stephen Newhouse bought $124 million worth hmm. and then sold it the same day. What? Yeah. Sold it the same day for the same price to advance slash Newhouse some new operation. It seems to be he was just fronting for the advanced publishing and new house, this group that they put together and advances a uh, monster publisher that has been buying up properties left and right. Hmm. I think they're, I think they're going to buy, buy these guys out. So is it an insider's buyout or just buyout? Or I think it's a buyout coming. There's no reason for advance to be investing in Warner brothers discovery hmm. that I can tell. Yep. Something's up. Something is amiss. $124 million worth is seems like a lot. All right. There we go. And the, and by the way, advance is not, is a company, their products are just, they, they're one of those companies that likes to buy, you know, somebody and then cheapen everything Mm. and then make money off that. So, I mean, they can profit from it. And I think there's something wrong with Warner brothers discoveries. uh, Some of their properties like CNN, for example, is just, Horrible operation. Horrible operation. So there's that. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you again next week, sir. Okay. Have a a Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. All right. See you soon. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.